Guys, what is up? My name is Kyle Valenzuela, the one true Kyle, if you will. Um, so this is it. This is the first podcast. Um, I'm here alone. Hopefully in the future I'll have more people, but this is a loner podcast for now. Um, the idea behind this podcast is that I'm going to start doing more video footage and video content. I roll that out on Instagram. I roll that out on Facebook, and I roll that on YouTube. But as... Uh, YouTube's uh, kind of content policies change, and essentially they don't allow me to say shit that I do, that I want to say. Um, so this is kind of like the antithesis of what you'll find—not necessarily the antithesis, but um, it's kind of like I guess more closer to my personality. Whereas uh, stuff on YouTube will be edited uh, and refined, and you know, general audience friendly, whereas this is going to be raw, raw people. Um, so yeah, um, the first episode is all about House of X and Powers of X. I have apprehended the leader of the mutant rebellion. No more mutants! All right, you egg-sucking piece of gutter trash. Scott! That is right. I am genuinely excited about this reboot of the X-Men. Now, I have been a longtime X-Men fan for since I was a child, since I was a kid. And let's just be frank, the last 10 years was, was rough. It was rough for an X-Men fan. House of M was great. House of M was cool. Uh, you, you had, you had X-Men versus uh, the Inhumans, that was whatever, garbage. Um, you had uh, X-Men versus Avengers, that was fine, that was cool, that was, that was whatever, you know. But there, there's nothing really, really that spoke to what the X-Men really, really ha were or have, have, have been over the course of the past 60 years. Um, their, their voice hasn't really been, been heard for, for, I would say at least like 10 to 15 years, but Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman is, let me preface by saying that Jonathan Hickman is my favorite comic book writer of all time. I shouldn't say of all time. He is my favorite comic book writer, modern working comic book writer. So I want to preface with the fact that I am very biased and very much a Jonathan Hickman fanboy and I love what he is doing with this run and what he has done with all the previous runs what he, that, he, that he's done in the past. I'm talking his Fantastic, fantastic Four run is a work of art. It is like a it's, a, it's a masterpiece and I am not the biggest Fantastic Four fan. I love the Cosmic Adventures but it never really the team and the iconography of the team itself never didn't really strike me as a kid, even though in retrospect, the cosmic adventures speak to me more now as an adult. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I didn't really connect with it, yet Hickman finds a way to really, 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 really connect with these, with these characters. And I'm, I, I, was, I, was, I was blown away, really, by his run of Fantastic Four. And that was my introduction to Jonathan Hickman. Now, I will admit I haven't read his, or I haven't read his uh, 
fuck, what is it? Uh, East of West, right? Is that his, uh, that's his uh, indie comic? Um, I'm talking to no one. I'm talking to my computer right now. Yes, East of West. I, I'm gonna admit that I am unabashedly ashamed of myself because I have not read East of West. Yet I am claiming I am a Hickman fan. Uh, but nonetheless, Hickman is my jam, my jelly. I spread it over everything, all of the toast. So take that with a grain of salt. If you are not into Hickman's work at all, um, maybe recognize that I am coming from a place where I am all over him, metaphorically, all over his giant penis, metaphorically, if you will, um, because I am in love with his writing. He does like a slow tease. He is like a, a burlesque writer where he slowly rolls out something and he just gives you a little snippet here and there, right? Just here's a little piece. Here's just a tiny snippet. And you know what? We're gonna go 50 issues and you're gonna, you might even forget about that, that little snippet that I talked about and he'll insert it 50 issues later, 100 issues later, 200 issues later. Definitely not that many issues, but 50 issues later or so. He'll, he'll, he'll just sneak it in slowly and you're just like, wow, he connects everything to a T. And as we get into House of X and Powers of X, you're gonna recognize that you could be just a Jonathan Hickman Marvel fan. I know Rob from Comics Explained also brought this up and I'm gonna kind of tread over his, his tread, tread lightly over some of his words, but it rings true. You could read just Jonathan Hickman Marvel, and that alone tells a story within itself. Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers, Infinity Run. Um, you read all these and they all connect to each other. I mean, it's Marvel, everything connects to one another, but Hickman's writing is so unique in that it's its own kind of microcosm within the Marvel Universe itself, and it's just, just, it's just beautiful. Um, but that's just me fanboying over Hickman. So I wanna get into, uh, I wanna start off with House of X, issue number one. And we start off with none other than your boy, Professor X, rocking quite the new Cerebro helmet, which you find out later. We will talk about this. I should state that where we are in time, in, uh, in, in time, uh, House, uh, there's two more issues left. Uh, House of X 6 and House of X, and Powers of X 6 have yet to come out. Everything else has been released up to this point, and I am going to try to cover everything that has been released thus far. Moving forward, we started off with Professor X. And there's, there's pods, uh, eggs, if you will, and, and, and they, they're hatched, and humans come out of these eggs. And you just hear Professor X say, to me, my X-Men, now this alone gave me tingles because if you read Jonathan Hickman's 
uh, Fantastic Four run. You know at the end of the run, spoiler alert for Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. At the end of the run, a future version of, ah, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Fantastic's son, why am I drawing a blank right now? Mutant, the greatest, one of my favorite characters, and I am drawing a blank, motherfucker. So, we're going to talk about Mr. Fantastic's son from the future, comes back and touches his future self to gain his powers as a child. And he has the power of cosmic and he yells to me, my Galactus, and summons Galactus as his herald to help defeat these cosmic entities. And that was just such a powerful moment at the end because everything kind of came together at that moment when, when, uh, when, he, when this character, I cannot think of his name at the moment, which is gonna bug the fuck out of me, uh, Mr. Fantastic Son, when he says these words and he summons Galactics, Galactus from the grave and makes him his herald, um, after everything you go through, which is, it's a family story because it's Fantastic Four and it's always a family story, but just the, the interconnectivity that, that Jonathan Hickman weaves through, through his storytelling is just fantastic. And so to start House of X off with, to me, my X-Men, sent, sent me shivers. And uh, so we move forward and uh, essentially what happened, what's going on is uh, X-Men are planting flowers. Um, and these flowers come from the uh, island of Krakoa. And if you know, Krakoa is a living island. Um, and you just, you see the, uh, the X-Men just kind of going around, uh, you see like months, months pass, right? Five months pass, four months pass, three months pass. And they're just kind of planting flowers throughout the world. And um, you, you, we soon learn to find out what these flowers are. But um, then we meet up with Orcus. Now Orcus is, um, they're kind of like, they monitor, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, extinction level populations, right? So like a, a mut the mutants are considered an extinction level population once they re reach a peak peak population, I guess, right? So uh, Orcus uh, consists of, according to Hickman, and Hickman goes through each storyline and he writes details, details, because this is assuming that you are not a, you are not a longtime X-Men reader, right? We are rebooting the X-Men. We got the rights back, right? From Fox, we're finally gonna start telling good X-Men stories these days. So then Hickman goes into explaining uh, the flowers of Krakoa and um, there's differences between the humans and uh, mutants. So uh, for humans, he uh, describes three types. Um, human drug L, which extends human life by five years. Um, number two is human drug I, which is a super antibiotic for humans. And number three, 
which is a human drug M, which cures diseases of the mind. This flower produces a drug that cures diseases of the mind in humans. Uh, it doesn't uh, elaborate on that. Um, and then he goes on to explain um, the flowers for mutants. And uh, number one is gateways. It grows a portal. Um, this flower grows a gateway, a pathway from where one is planted to its twin gateway on Krakoa. Um, number two is habitat. It creates a biome of sorts. It's a delivery mechanism. Um, this flower produces a habitat. A habitat is a self-sustaining environment, a biome, if you will, that is part of the interconnected consciousness of Krakoa. And then number three, no place. A tumor. This non-naturally occurring flower produces a habitat that exists outside the collective consciousness of Krakoa, a place within the island ecosystem that Krakoa doesn't know exists, a Krakoan tumor. So then we're kind of shown a little snippet of Jean Grey, and it shows one of these portals that we were discussing. So I imagine this, this, this portal that Jean Grey goes through is one of the things that the flower produces. And she goes to meet Professor X. And Professor X says, welcome home, Jean. And then we're kind of shown, we, we, we're transported to uh, a space where we see Galactus's head. And what's going on is it looks like we're seeing, or not, sorry, did I just say Galactus's head? A sentinel's head, um, which, is, uh, which is kind of uh, in the center of this space station. And what we're going to find out later is that this is a mother mold or master mold, one of the two. Um, and it is a station that produces other um, essentially self-producing sentinel stations. So it's like a self-efficient station that could constantly reproduce more and more sentinels. And it is considered one of the pivotal points, turning points in uh, the kind of forecoming apocalypse that we're also going to find out in the near future that I will discuss. Um, so then we're, we're met with uh, Sabretooth and uh, Mystique and they have uh, information and they're met and captured by the Fantastic Four. Um, and as the Fantastic Four capture Sabretooth, um, Cyclops appears, and fucking Franklin Richards, that's his name. I was thinking of his name earlier because we're going to talk about him a little bit right now. Franklin Richard, Mr. Fantastic Son, um, is a mutant, by the way. Um, an Omega-level mutant, by the way. Um, so Cyclops kind of comes as the Fantastic Four is capturing Sabretooth, and he's like, yo, he's a mutant. I want him. And the Fantastic Four are like, or at least Reed Richards is like, no. And uh, it kind of shows, yeah. So we're, we're, we're so, so we're, it shows that like, uh, you know, 
the uh, superheroes got uh, they got they got a little bit of turf. They got they they got their turf. They can't they can't pass certain lines. And just because Sabretooth is a mutant doesn't mean that they could. It's like their jurisdiction or anything, right? Um, so then, this is my favorite part because uh, Cyclops throws a little bit of shade right here. Throws a little bit of shade towards Fantastic Four. Which, by the way, the introduction of Fantastic Four into the X-Men should uh, preface the fact that the Fantastic Four are back on Earth. If you haven't ran, read Dan Slott's run, um, I don't know how many issues in. I'm about eight. I'm about on eight issues. I'm about on eight issues, but I, I don't know where the where the runs off. I'm a, I'm a little bit behind, um, but Dan Slott's run is currently going on. Fantastic Four are back, um, so that gives you an understanding of why the Fantastic Four are here. So um, Cyclops throwing a little bit of shade because uh, Franklin Richards is a mutant, and essentially. Essentially, he's he's like, uh, you know, tell 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 your boy when he's ready. He has a family on Krakoa waiting for him. Like, just just right in Ree Richards' face, showing him like he's a mutant by blood, and he needs to be with this family, not with your family. He knows that family is important to Reed Richards, and he kind of emphasized that in his tone and uh, his prose and his speech. And that's that's a great way to get in Reed Richards' skin right there. That is that is a great way. It's like anything, anything involving family, any type of divide whatsoever. And that is a great divide because Cyclops is here stating that he does have a family, a genetically like dominant family from a genetic standpoint they are a they're homo superior right so that's an interesting that was an interesting kind of like uh kind of uh confrontation between the two which i, th I found kind of kind of interesting cyclops throwing shade at reed richards um so then um this is interesting um Jonathan Hickman goes in to describe Omega Levels and and Omega Level Mutant, Omega, Omega Level Threats, Omega Level People, all these things have been thrown around and, and Hickman does a good job at kind of describing what, what exactly this means. So an Omega Level Mutant is an undefinable limit so to be an omega level mutant, one must have undefinable powers, one which we cannot test or measure the limits of your powers because we do not know the, the, the wall, we do not know the ceiling of which your powers can reach, right? The Incredible Hulk, we do not know the limits of his powers because his powers grow from his anger. Magneto's powers have no known upper limits as we know. He controls the very magnetic field around Earth itself. I don't think his powers extend outside of Earth. Um, 
Jean Grey is an eleven mega telepath, but ne not necessarily an omega level mutant. Now this is interesting because uh, Iceman Robert Drake is an omega level mutant. Now you could say why is Jean Grey an omega not an omega level mutant, but Iceman an omega level mutant. All he does is make ice, right? You could say all he does is make ice. No, but if you, they define it very kind of scientifically on the molecular, molecular level is that literally Robert Drake has the ability to manipulate the reality of molecules around him to turn things into ice. So he could change matter and change the molecules around him. And that, in its essence, the ability to actually shape, change, and manipulate matter at the molecular level thus makes you an omega-level mutant because you, you, your powers manipulate reality on the molecular scale. Do you get that? Do you understand that? I think I said molecular at least four times right there. So I hope you understand that. Um, so that, 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 that's why you could say that uh, Jean Grey is, certainly isn't a medical level telepath. She is one of the strongest telepaths out there. But she is not an omega level mutant because she can't manipulate matter, space, and time. She can manipulate reality. But she can't, why was there such a huge pause? I don't know. But she can, she can, I guess she can, no, wait, because she's telekinetic as well, so she can manipulate things on her. Well, no fuck, I don't know. It's still somewhat confusing, right? Because, all right, so this is literally from the book. Um, for example, while Jean Grey is both a telepath and a kinetic, telekinetic, she is only an omega level telepath. And then, um, and then Hickman goes on to kind of list um, known omega-level mutants. And we got uh, Jamie Braddock, Monarch. We got uh, Robert Drake, Iceman. Elixir, Marvel Girl, Legion, of course. Magneto, Proteus, Mr. M, Storm, Exodus, Kid Omega, Powerhouse, Vulcan, Hope. So those are just some omega-level mutants. Um, and Hickman does this throughout the entire series. He goes on to just deep dive, and it literally stops being a comic and starts being a book, and starts being graphs, charts, books, documents, and he is literally laying out the foundation of what is the new canon for X-Men. And it's kind of fascinating watching, as a previous X-Men fan, like just kind of watching this like all kind of like the bricks being laid down one at a time. Um, 
so yeah, so um, Magneto shows up, and um, I think he's still talking to Orcus, right? And they're they're kind of being cocky. Like they know that the mutant population is rising, and they know that it is a threat. Um, but uh, but they're they're kind of cocky about it. They're like. They're like, they, they think they have some type of upper hand and Magneto just, it's, it's a great line. He goes, you have new gods now. And he just takes all the guns and just disassembles them, lifts them up and throws them away. And it's a great line, it's a great line. And that's how House of X issue one ends. And each uh, each issue ends on a quote. And um, this issue ends on uh, the quote: "I have a new word for the lexicon of men, Krakoa. And in the future, when you speak it, make sure make sure you do so softly." with proper difference, for we will be listening, Magneto. So that is issue number one of House of X. Hey, if you're hearing this, thanks. I appreciate you for listening to my ramblings because I have no idea what I'm doing. I am just starting out, I'm figuring things out. So if you're actually using your ears and listening to my words right now, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Be sure to like and subscribe if that's a thing for podcasts. I don't even know. I come from a YouTube, Instagram world, but yeah, do the things that require you to like things. Rate, you rate with stars, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's it. So rate with stars. Um, give, give me the stars that you think that this is deserving. If, if, if you think it's five stars, give it five stars. If you think it's one, give it one. I don't care. But I appreciate you for listening to this. Have a good day.